can probably still talk with my hands. Oh, it I just mean. It helps me express. I don't need to express. Wait. This is probably the coolest podcast in your life you're listening to. Yeah, mad props to uh, Weeby Marketing yeah. for the space this morning. You're very welcome. <laughs> I was going to say I was teeing that one up for you, and you just kind of let it hang there a little. Glad to have you. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's just roll into it. Um, Everyone just say who you are real fast, just your name, and then we'll roll right into the questions. Danielle Gertner. Bennett Latimer. And Taylor Wright. So first question, right out of the gate, um, I've got to ask just like a crazy one because I feel like it's that kind of morning. Uh, Elon Musk or Steve Bezos? In one sentence, why? Hmm. I think he imagines the unimaginable, and I really appreciate that, because not everybody can do that. Boom. That's fantastic, actually. That is very, I, I agree with that, um, where uh, Bezos saw something that was doable and saw, you know, how amazing, you know, the world could be with it. Yeah. Elon really is looking at things that no one's really thought about, and that that's pretty inspiring. I'm sure we, I'm, that, that, that wasn't on that wasn't on my list. <laughs> I've, I've got the abridged version. So uh, what's your what's your next one, Ben? Um, oh well, now these you know. Now that I'm looking at my list. I'm like these aren't these are more directed to the point. But we're diving right in. Commission or salary? Commission. So like making money. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I've lived on the edge without a salary since I graduated, so it's harder, but it's fun. And there's less, there's, there's not really, well, I guess if you're working for a company, there's a ceiling, but. There is a ceiling, but that ceiling can always be moved is what I've found. Yeah. So just someone who's always been like a commission-based person, especially in sales, like there is a ceiling there, but once you hit that ceiling, all it is is a, is a conversation with the owner of like, listen. I hit my shit, break it, yeah. or I'm going to fucking go somewhere else where I can break it. Yeah, with commission, you can't have off days. Or if you do, you're the one that suffers, not the company. And so it really, to me, makes motivates you to be more active and work harder because you're doing it you know, directly for your own productivity and your own benefit. Dude, I was selling yard signs on the beach in fucking Bermuda. <laughs> I was emailing Chelsea from the beach in Bermuda, and I was like, yo need 20 yard signs. She's like, yo, you're in fucking Bermuda. Why are you on your email? I was like, because this, this dude needs yard signs, bro. Let's go. I'd rather be than else. Right? That's the beauty of commission to me, though, is that salary, like, they can put so many strengths on what you can and can't do when you can and can't work. Commission, just turn you loose. Yeah. See what you're really made of. They toss you in the pool, see if you can swim. So, uh, resistance training or weightlifting? Ah, well, weightlifting is a form of resistance training. Um, but, yeah, and I have to ask follow-up questions. Like, do you mean, like, Olympic weightlifting or just, like, lifting weights in the gym? 
that's there's a, that's you know more more like the like the Olympic style weightlifting. I'm gonna go resistance training, um, and I only say that I'm just not super great at the Olympic weightlifting yet. We're getting there. Okay. Education or experience? Ooh. Ooh. Education or experience? Well, I'd have to, I'm going to argue you on all of these <laughs> that you get, you gain education through experience. So I'm going to go to experience. All right. Because I'm always learning. So I've got one for you. And it's, uh, I think I know your knee jerk reaction answer, but I'm going to challenge you on it. So procedure followers or disruptors? And what I mean really is not who you are, but if you have employees or you have people that you're coaching, what do you want them to be, right? You know, it's funny because if you would have asked me that question maybe a year or two ago when I had a bunch of interns, I would have said procedure followers or I think that's what you said. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to go disruptors. Is that what you thought my knee-jerk reaction was going to be with disruptors? Yeah. Yeah, um, I have found that, at least right now, because I'm still so new with business and building a team, uh, there's a lot I don't know. And the more I try to funnel and mold my people into the way I thought it was supposed to be done, the more I limited myself to hearing ideas of how it could be done. So I'm still going to go disruptors. I love it. Oh, yeah. My, when I was in your seat, uh, I was procedure followers. I still am a bit. Uh, disruptors um, can be wild cards. And I'm very structured, you know, like to wake up the same time, do the same thing every day. So uh, I find that. Uh, but I can appreciate the disruptors. I can appreciate them. I feel like sometimes Taylor's a disruptor. Mainly, I was the kid in the back of the class that wouldn't shut the fuck up when the teacher was trying to talk. So. <laughs> influencers or authorities influencer definitely um, because there's a lot of people who have authority who don't have influence who try to have influence want to have influence but don't have influence and there's a lot of people who have influence who don't have that quote unquote authority I guess legal authority or legal positioning Nice. Branding versus product. Branding. Building the image and the feel and the vibe around something, a product or service. I, I enjoy that one. Um, I also enjoy learning about the process of building a brand. And um, you usually learn about how, you learn a lot about how that product or service ends up coming out of the brand from Yeah. Oh, we're going to go back and talk about some of them. That's for later, when we put your feet to the fire. Oh, oh so I don't have to explain them so much. <laughs> What's your next one, Ben? Quality or quantity? Another question, if you asked me a year ago, I probably would have gone quantity. And I've learned very quickly uh, quality. Quality over quantity. I like that. Owners versus employees. Which one would you rather deal with? Deal with. Um, hmm, hmm. I think owners. Um, and again, th 
this depends, but I think generally owners, uh, the vision, the visionaries, the decision makers, um, I have found just in my specific line of work, um, when I would talk to employees, I'd have to wait longer for decisions, information would get lost because I wasn't talking to the exact uh, decision maker or visionary, but the one who knew how they wanted yeah. everything to unfold. I, re I actually had to pick a new one because I, I stole yours. I, 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 environment or culture? Ooh, that was one of mine. Touche. Environment or culture? Environment or culture? Hmm. That's hard. That's a hard one. It's how much does the environment shape the culture and vice versa? Hmm. I'm going to go environment because I think you can choose to be in an environment but make, but not necessarily immerse yourself in a specific culture. I don't know. That's a hard one. Mm -hmm. No, it is. That's a deep one. <laughs> Y'all got me with that one. Still early. That, still that's the point. Still early. That's why you were like 9 a.m. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be 8. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a break from the four thirty alarm. I slept in this morning. I woke up at six. I think I was, you know, like six, six fifteen. I was yeah. right there with you. Um, my next one's gonna be a more sports one again. Um, we're gonna go with drills versus scrimmages. Mm, that's ooh, that's a good one. Drills versus scrimmages. Um. I'm going to go drills, and this is from my experience with strength and conditioning with Santa Fe. Um, again, something if you asked me a couple years ago, I would have said scrimmage because you learn so much by doing, but foundations are built through the drills, and there's a lot of people who scrimmage who scrimmage improperly in terms of not having good form, um, not really knowing what to look for, and you know, you're a volleyball coach. You get it. Um, and I've learned the power of what I can work like how I can work with the girls during drills um, so that whatever we work on shows up in the scrimmage so they're actually practicing the way that they would play. Perfect. I feel like you liked that one. I, I feel like you listened to Nick's podcast yesterday. <laughs> um, I, don't remember hearing, I don't remember hearing that part, but I'm glad we, we agreed on that. Um, yeah, we've grown a lot. I've grown a lot with him over the last three and a half years. Well, five years because I trained him for almost two years I started coaching with him. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Oh, it's my got? turn. Yeah. I was looking through the list and I was like, oh, I need more. I didn't know I didn't know what number we were going to. <laughs> um and I just put my finger on one and then picked it up. Fact or fiction? Real quick, I love Ben's pauses between them. He's like, fact. Or fiction. Right. I'll give you a second to process the first one before <laughs> I jump to the second one. Fact or fiction? I'm gonna go fiction. Um, I have a wild imagination. I get overwhelmed with a lot of facts, especially like right now. I'm so fiction. I'm so fiction. I, I know it's important to know what's going on. Um, 
but my brain is on where my future is going to be, which right now is fiction. It's not reality. So kind of a fiction, but more fun place to be right now. <laughs> okay. Um, this is going to be my last one, and Ben, you'll get one more too. Um, and this one is going to be specifically talking about like the process of hiring. It's going to be recruiting versus branding. So are you going out and specifically recruiting the people that you want to come work for you? Or are you branding your company to where you get more applications so you can sort through them? Um, right now it's been branding. Every time I've hired interns, it's been branding. I haven't really gone and recruited. Um, that has pros and cons. Um, I think one day, yeah, one day um, I will recruit as I, in the future, I have a dream of building a team um, and I want to be very intentional about who comes on that team. And when you brand and just kind of allow anybody, you're leaving it open to the people who apply to interpret what you're, the message you're trying to get across and the, the brand and the culture you're trying to get across. And everybody perceives things differently. So. <laughs> Audio book or paper book? Oh, I wanted to ask that one too. Paper book, always, all day. I'm a big, I mean, I don't even use my phone calendar. I still have an appointment book. Um, I want to feel it. I want to underline it. I want to circle it. I want to write notes. Yeah. It will not catch me with a Kindle anytime soon. <laughs> or listening. Like, I, I, I like to take notes. Podcasts are, if I find a really good podcast, I have to, I'll have to stop and, and listen to it when I'm at home when I can take notes. Because I can't do it in the car. If I'm like, oh my god, that was such a great piece of information. I must write it down when I can. Ben, I think we actually talked about that on, on your podcast. We oh, talked yes. about how um, I love audiobooks. I listen to shit tons of them. But the problem is is that I catch myself latching onto one great idea and then not listening to the rest of the fucking chapter because yeah. I'm so stuck on what was already said. Yep. And write yeah, yeah, I sit there and I catch myself. I have to pause it. And I'm like, I just missed a chapter and a half. I'm not going to go back and listen to it again. Um, so I end up kind of listening to audiobooks as like a skimmer. And if I catch myself doing that so many times, I'm like, all right, this is a book I need to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, good, that's a cool way to, to look at it. Like, I can't imagine. I read Atomic Habits by James Clear. Fantastic book. I can't imagine listening to that on audio. I underlined probably like every other line. <laughs> There's no way I would have been able to listen to that on audio. There was another, uh, if you went back and had a chance to ever listen to uh, the podcast we did with David Haslam, um, he brought up a really crazy uh, topic as well about audio versus paper book, which is listening to audiobooks specifically that are read by the authors of the books, not by a hired voice. Because then you get this extra you know, piece of you're getting to hear how they really meant something, yeah, that's super cool. which was also really cool. I've started doing that now, and I won't even lie, there's certain books I had read already listening to that and I'm like oh my god author did not mean what the hell I thought he meant he meant something completely different that's so cool you get to hear the tonality everything that's awesome those are always the best yeah I agree that's a really great point I never thought about that so now let's roll into you know a little bit of the qualifying so who you are what you do now where you're going and uh, a little bit how you got there over the country to take ownership over their lives and their wellness. 
And I do that in a couple different ways. Um, I'm a strength and conditioning coach for the Santa Fe Saints. I'm still working with them over the summer, so I'm holding on to that title until I'm not working with them anymore. Um, and that has been one of the most incredible jobs that kind of fell in my lap. Never really imagined that I'd work with athletes. Um, and then I know you interviewed Nick Sherwinis yesterday. Um, I trained him and his wife uh, when I first got certified. I had no idea really what I was doing. And three and a half years ago, he said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about working with athletes? This would be really fun. So started working with volleyball and then uh, women's basketball and then softball and have kind of bounced between um, volleyball has always been consistent. The other two sports have just kind of pulled me in. And well, that's because it's the best. I mean, if we're so, being honest. It's a, it's a great sport. Um, it's interesting. I never played any of those sports. I ran track. I was a cheerleader. Um, I danced. And I had a big learning curve. Um, but it was it was amazing. So that's one way I, I do. We do a lot more than just strength and conditioning. We focus a lot on mindset, habit transformation. Um, how do your uh, beliefs about yourself and the world show up on the court, uh, whether you know it or not? Um, and then I run 90-day transformation programs for women all over the country. Um, right now I have um, nine women going through the Season of Growth program. What a fantastic time to be building better habits than right now. And um, and then I do workshops and retreats, kind of one-off things. That's really what I'm trying to move more into is running these 90-day programs and some workshops and retreats. And I'm moving to Austin, Texas on Tuesday, which is pretty wild. Um, I've questioned more than a handful of times whether I should still go with everything that's happening, but something in my heart tells me that this is, it's time. And um, so I'm doing it. I sold all my furniture, so kind of no turning back. I guess I could buy new furniture, but I'm going. And what led me here? Man, what a question. A lot of things. Uh, I went to the University of Florida, go Gators. I was a business major and I had a really fantastic time in my college experience. I was really involved on campus. Uh, I was a Florida Cicerone, very heavily involved in the business school um, and was kind of on this fast track to working a corporate job. Did an uh, internship for Amazon actually, which I wanted to talk about because of your question earlier. Um, so did an internship with Amazon, did an internship, two internships with the YMCA. Um, and it was great, learned a lot. Uh, but, but then when I was a junior, I started a boot camp at UF called Gator Grind. And it still exists today. Uh, four and a half years later, we meet every Monday, sweated out at the stadium. And nothing had excited me the way teaching boot camp did. And so when it came time to make my decision about life after graduation, I ended up turning down two really good full-time job offers to start my business and really have never looked back, never once regretted the decision. Yes, there have been lots of challenges, uh, lots of pivots in the business. I thought I would teach boot camps forever. You get burned out real quickly <laughs> after 15 boot camps a week at apartment complexes and uh, everywhere, just teaching everywhere. Um, and yeah. Ben just had a whole moment thinking about 15 boot camps. <laughs> yeah, it was. I can only imagine. <laughs> Nick and, and that whole crew out in the plantation and then in the evening I was doing apartment complexes so the days were just it was just wild um, and then doing some personal training in between and just realized I wanted to impact people on um, a deeper larger scale um, fitness physical fitness really is kind of the tip of the iceberg and there's so much that goes beyond that and I started to get 
really fascinated and passionate about um, habits and habitual uh, habitual behaviors, but also habitual thoughts and how do I really help my clients get long-lasting change. I need to get into those habitual thoughts and behaviors, the ones that they don't recognize, the ones that they don't see that are literally running their lives. So I said I would keep that short, and I didn't, but I tried. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. It was great. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on really fast that you just talked about. So just interviewing Nick yesterday, something I'm finding interesting a lot is that you really go straight to the mindset piece of physical fitness, which so many coaches and athletes and trainers breeze by. It's it's just physical fitness. It's just weights. It's just getting you know better athletically. They breeze over the fact that none of that shit matters if you aren't mentally in it and prepared for what you're actually doing. So Nick focuses on that a lot with his program. That a lot of the questions I asked had to do with, you know, mindset coaching, mindset athlete, mindset culture. And every single answer went straight back to, you know, mindset first, mindset over everything. And so the fact that he surrounded himself with other, you know, athlete coaches and trainers with the same mindset is uh, it's a very telling, you know, sign of a good program, in my opinion. Yeah, we've had a, Nick and I have a, a great relationship, a really interesting relationship, but it was kind of rocky at first. Um, he's a, you know, he's a great guy and he's such, so much experience. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, and I think initially when I came to him with all these ideas of, I want to lead a workshop on, you know, personal branding and I want them to listen to a podcast every week. That's something that we do in the program. Um, you know, he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, do, do what you want. Um, and I think over time has seen, number one, my passion for that side of the work, um, but also how it does, how it has transformed our players. Uh, because absolutely, like you said, if their mind isn't right, if we're not addressing their deeper needs, things that they're uh, going through in their personal lives that they're not sharing, and we can't get them to recognize how that's showing up in the weight room, how that stress is putting more stress on their body so they're not able to lift heavier, they're not able to push harder, um, and then how that directly translates to the court, um, it is a huge focus. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that the time in the weight room is irrelevant, that we don't put just as much emphasis and focus on it, but we put a lot, every single workout, my girls set intention for the workout. We talk about that intention afterwards. We do a lot of focus on gratitude uh, and I ask them some really hard questions um, because I want them also to not only be athletes for two years at Santa Fe or four years wherever they go after, but to be athletes for life and have the tools and resources, which is where I think a lot of coaches, um, unfortunately, their focus is on those four years that they have them or those two years that they have them, or a club, like, well, I have you now and make me the strongest, fastest, whatever happens to you afterwards, like, that's on the other coach. And I don't want that to be the case with my team um, and my players. I want them to leave uh, better than they came in. And um, so, yeah, I think we, we really, Coach Nick and I really see the priority in that. And then our the other assistant coach, Aaron, is now super heavily, like, like pushing podcasts like hey did you send out a podcast this week i'm like no i forgot she's like i got one i'm like cool um so it's really awesome it's been awesome to see and i know the other coaches are, are starting to see it too uh they're not as bought in i remember telling a basketball coach like yeah i'd love to teach them about personal branding she's like they're not gonna they don't need to know that <laughs> it's like oh 
So that's where the ownership part kind of comes in. It's 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 much broader than just physical fitness. Oh yeah, yeah, and physical again, fitness, physical fitness. So for example, my ninety day programs. <clears throat> sorry, a little frog in my throat. Um, these 90 day programs, the foundation is fitness. So I, I, I don't know if you've ever read the power of habit. That's another really powerful habit, uh, book. That was the first one I ever read. And there was this idea of keystone habits and there's certain habits that you implement in your life that kind of have ripple effects in other areas. And for me, in my experience, my personal journey, physical fitness was that keystone habit because when I found the gym, worked out consistently, got connected to my body, that is when my connection to my mind happened. My passion for bettering my finances and actually taking ownership over my finances instead of just swiping aimlessly and hoping I had the money in my account, (laughs) things like that. And so um, the physical fitness piece has ripple effects. I think one of my mentors says, you know, the body is really the lowest hanging fruit. It's the easiest for most people to connect with because you can feel your body, you can see the transformation. And so if I can start there, we can very easily, and for most people, start to connect you with the mental piece of it. So Very interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where the ownership comes in. Owning your shit. Well, and another piece there, too, is that a lot of people don't even think about this aspect, that building your personal brand on what you want to become or be also helps you own that because your brand will now call you out on shit you're not doing. So like, cause if, you've defined it. Yeah. I've defined who, who I am and what I want to be. Well, if I start veering away from that very quickly, I'm going to have to realize I'm not being true to my brand. And if your brand truly is what you want to be, I mean, hell people will call you out on it. If you, if you've built your brand well enough that you have a following, that following will call you out. Absolutely. Hey, uh, you haven't posted a video in like two weeks of you doing, you know, physical fitness. What the hell? That's so a, that brings up a really, really interesting point for two reasons. Because number one, I think people need to be cautious about the brand they're building and being really. And I'm calling myself out on my own shit because when I first started the business, I recognized that you know uh, people were really attracted to my like the fitness stuff and I was kind of like the glute girl for a while you know I work butts I do a lot of butt workouts with the sorority girls which is really fun it's really fun but I realized very quickly like man I'm really building this brand off my physical body you know I know I'm athletic looking and um but I I knew I recognized very quickly that I wanted to I wanted to represent more I wanted to impact people on a on a bigger scale a deeper scale than that so that's one thing um is just being kind of cautious of like what what brand are you building um is it something that you in your heart of hearts really want or are you feeling pressure to build something because that's the attention you're getting or i don't know whatever you have pressures from friends family and then the other thing that you said that i i loved was people don't define and i love that i do a lot of work with my with my both the athletes and my clients on defining what does happiness actually mean to you because I guarantee it looks a little bit different. You know, you said you're more, um, <clears throat> you like, what was the question you asked? Disruptors and procedure followers, right? Like that's important and that's a difference between us. But if you never thought about that and you were just doing what I wanted you to do, you'd be maybe unhappy in some way. So defining what success, fulfillment, wealth, what does that actually mean to you? And the reason why I jumped ship when I was a senior, you know, I had this great, you know, like $80,000 a year job lined up with Amazon. 
Um, but I realized, like, literally, I had this conversation with a mentor, I think a couple days before the decision was due. And I, it was just this aha moment, like, holy crap, I'm, I've been chasing this dream that wasn't mine in the first place. It was just what I thought I should be doing because all my peers were doing it and getting kick-ass jobs with Google and Deloitte and P&G and, like, all these things. And I was defining my success off of the fancy brand that I ended up working with after graduation. And I hated my internship with Amazon. I hated my internship with Amazon. Not because of Amazon as a company, just the work specifically I was doing was just not for me. But anyway, so yes, if you're listening, please define what these things mean to you. Um, and, and showing up for your future self. James Clear actually says one of my favorite quotes. I think my girls have this drilled in their brain. If any of you are listening, they're going to laugh because it's literally drilled in their brain. But every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. Every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. So thinking about how am I showing up for my... I think that's going to be the title of the episode. That's very deep. It's such a good, <laughs> it's such a good quote. And there, there's another conversation that I think happens, and I don't want to talk too much. This is me rambling again. Uh, I get really passionate about it because there's so many facets of it. But another big conversation that I have with the athletes and with my clients is how are you showing up for your future self? And why is that so hard to do? Why is that so hard to connect with the decision that you make right now and how that will affect your life down down the line um, and getting trying to get them to really buy in and understand the power of the, the compound effect of your habits and your decisions. It's a great book. Please read the book. <laughs> it's a great book. That should be a James Clear ambassador. James Clear, if you ever listen to this, just know I use your work all the time and I really love you. And he just does such a great job of making this idea of habits so simple so i like it cool. so i want to go back and i want to discuss one of your answers yeah. and it's it's the first one i circled um so branding versus product yeah. so i totally understand your answer and i respect the branding of it but i want to challenge you on it because i want to bring up one super humongous product flop of our you know current time so the branding that was done around the Tesla Cybertruck was incredible. I mean, they spent millions of dollars on branding, you know, whether it was indirect or direct marketing. Did they break the window on purpose? Correct. Like there's all these branding pieces to it, but the product itself was shit. And so it was great for I mean, like... Do you know that? Because it's not here yet. Well, correct. I mean... But how, how bad have it, has it flopped since? I mean, it, it at one point was the most talked about vehicle on the planet. And since, you know, about 60 days post the, you know, it being released, it's completely dropped off. I mean, the sales for it have dropped. Everything's dropped. It, no one even fucking talks about it anymore. Yeah. So. I've never heard. I haven't heard about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I put down my deposit like that day. Really? Oh, yeah. And have you even Is looked it at it since? Uh, once. So, so I would go back to the branding versus product. Like, I understand that branding is super important, but without a perfect product how does the branding fucking matter well i have a question for you when i was thinking of branding i was thinking of like the company as a whole like the culture the the vibe the values all of that stuff so my question for you is so this this product this truck is a flop are you as a consumer of the brand are you more willing to forgive that company for their flop of a product because you believe so much in the brand 
so that's that's part of it for me is that so many people that were kind of on the fence about Tesla, that was the that was the do or die moment. Like that that truck came out and they're like, well, you know, Tesla's kind of cool. Truck comes out, looks like shit. Window breaks. People that were on the fence were now like, fuck Tesla. I'll never own one. That that killed well, the brand. Extreme in their take mind. on it. <laughs> well, but it was one of those things. It was so heavily touted as the next amazing great thing. That then when it didn't go perfect, people that were on the fence were just, yeah, I'm done. They hyped it up so I, I don't trust them now. You know, it's, it's just, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. Whereas uh, the people that are already true fans of the brand, mm-hmm. you know, we look at it and we're like, uh, I think breaking the window is just a marketing thing. I was you like, know. as long as I get a flamethrower, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I would just put it more to like in your terms of, let's say there's another person on Instagram. And they're out there doing all these workout videos and you start watching them, you start going, but the shit they're doing is just repetitive or, you know, the workouts they are talking about aren't really that great at isolating where they're wanting to work out. So their branding might be great. They sound great. They got a great personality. They got great looking people on there. The branding feels great. But when it comes down to the actual product, the actual workout, it's fucking garbage. And so how how fast is that flashbang of, you know, a great brand and a shit product? Yeah, no, that's a really fantastic point. And if I would have thought about it that way, I probably would have said product because I take a lot of pride in the, in the programs I put out. Um, and Which has been evident in everything you've been talking about, by the way. So which is yeah. why I really wanted to circle back to it because no, that's, that's everything you've been saying is so detail-oriented. Very, everything has a purpose. Yeah. that's the way I consume um, information and how I consume. Like if I were to buy a course from somebody and your product sucked, then there's got to be some some missing links in your brand that I will then try to go look for. Like were there signs that I was Because um, you're right. I think it, it does come back to like is this smoke and mirrors. It's really easy to position my body like, oh, look, her, her butt looks so big and her muscles look so strong and her product like she's promising me I can get that but then you realize like oh crap she's not even certified or something like that which oh man that's a whole nother that could be like a four-hour conversation we will not get into (laughs) all of these quote-unquote and y'all can't see me doing this but I'm doing air quotes trainers that have popped up on Instagram and on social media especially oh fucking TikTok Snapchat all of it living the dream it's and, and hey don't get me wrong it's really awesome to see people moving and I think people finally realizing how important movement is in their lives especially now that they well they can get it anytime but they can't go to the gym the way they want to maybe or classes that they want to and I think people are realizing two things how important fitness is and how important community is Um, so I'm happy I'm happy that there's people who are popping up but people are also popping up out of fear they're popping up these online programs out of fear because they've lost clients and so they're throwing together programs buy my program and um, I don't know. I'm a big believer, and I and this is a daily practice. But things built out, out of fear um, don't usually unfold super well. The true motivation is tainted. Yeah, that the the energy behind it. I, everything is energy. I really believe in that. And anyway, that was a total side. That's funny. Kind of petty. When I was uh, when I was in the hot seat and asked branding or product, I immediately went to product. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, hearing you talking about personal branding, I started doing this chicken or egg thing in my head. I was like, you know, these are really symbiotic, you know, ideas, Uh, especially when you decide to build your personal brand and that then creates your product, you. I was like, oh, this is getting deep. It is. It's so, it's hard. It's a hard question. A lot of these are hard because they are so tied together. Um, But I I love your perspective on it. That's not how I was thinking about it at first. It was um, kind of like what you said. The product is a baby of the brand. So how can you really, yeah, I was kind of looking at the big picture first, that the product is more of an end result of the brand. So something I've dealt with specifically on product branding, um, product versus branding, is like volleyball. You know, coaching volleyball, the product is the athlete that I'm able to produce, which you know is a little overreaching because I can't really produce anything. I'm just there as a purveyor of knowledge. But at the end of the day, that the parent, the you know, the school, whatever, is looking at me and they're saying, "Okay, your athletes have done better since you've been here, so therefore your product is better." But is the brand better? Is the you know because the brand is the buy-in from the girls. If if the brand the program isn't appealing, first off, you're not getting the athletes you want, and they're not going to buy in to produce the product. So you are very right; it is very hard to figure out which one comes first. You know, was was the brand of Elon Musk around before Tesla? Oh, hardcore. Was is Tesla a product of his brand, and not so much a product? That then someone went out and branded. Hmm. Uh, see, see, this the and, and this line of thinking was not here before. This is. <laughs> I like that's a yeah. I have, Ben's like second cup. Got it. Yeah, I'm awakened. Oh, that's a, that's that's yeah. It, I think it depends what seat in the arena you're sitting at, right? Where are you looking at the situation from? I was very much looking at it when you asked that question from like the owner of a brand, of the person who's building her personal brand. And the products, the services that I put out are like the babies of my brand. So they're so, yeah, the better my brand becomes, the better my products become, my services. So another chicken egg uh, situation, environment and culture. We talked about that and you chose environment. I initially chose culture. It was very quick with the culture part. Um, but uh, how do you see those two uh, intertwining? Oh, man. Well, I definitely think the environment affects the culture. I'm reading Sapiens right now, A Brief History of Humankind. I love that book. It's so good. It's like... It has changed my perspective on the world. Yeah, same. Same. And I, I find it so applicable just to even just how people are on what's unfolding right now. Um, oh, it's made me handle it a lot better. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I read that book, and ever since, it's like everything pops up. I was freaking out, and I'm like, really, in the grand scheme of the entire human species? <laughs> this is a second time. No, but, but actually, but what I was going to say to that is when he takes you through the chapters of just um, the formation of culture, the really the formation of community groups, like over 150, where people could actually um, – they organize themselves, all that good stuff. The environment plays a huge role, right? They have like animist uh, cultures who value like trees have souls and the river has a soul. I think that has a lot to do with the environment and that environment affected the culture, uh, what the what these people um, valued. And then if you lived in a, 
in an area where like the rains were super heavy over the summer the, then the rain became part of the culture where they did rain dances or like talk to the rain gods and I don't know that's kind of how I'm thinking about it um, but then vice versa the culture then directly affects the environment um, if burning a forest down to sacrifice to the I don't gods right like you're now affecting that environment so yeah that's another that was another really great one i think depends on which side of the fence you're sitting on mm -hmm. why did you say culture verse uh, i'm really big on this idea that you know if your culture's right it doesn't matter if you're working in a million dollar office building or if you're working in the back of a warehouse uh you're you know the culture that you develop uh, that leaders develop by picking the right people, picking the right people for the culture, um, the culture they envision, um, really, you know, makes it happen. And uh, but uh, but your point is also is equally valid. And so I'm I'm taking such a deep appreciation for both sides of these, uh, you know, uh, these dichotomies. The other thing I was thinking too is you you responded from a very like you're thinking very business mm -hmm. when you asked that question i was not thinking business i was literally thinking like the environment and the culture in gainesville that's how i was thinking like sapiens like a, like the bigger a little bit bigger of a scheme mm, that's so interesting mm -hmm. uh, human things <laughs> so what i wanted to circle back to is recruiting versus branding on hiring so again completely agree with where you're coming from but i feel like a lot of times by letting our branding drive who we're hiring, we end up with some fake people. We get people that look into our brand and they're like, oh, that looks fun. I can I can fit in there. And so we, yeah. <laughs> so we get these people that like, you know, they search us out versus, you know, specifically like where I'm at right now with my job, I was recruited to come work there. So, you know, I, I've never sold an AC system in my life. I did. I, you hit the button on the wall and it gets colder in my room. That's all I knew about ACs. Like, um, but they came to me and they said, you know, hey, the way that you sell vehicle wraps, the way that you sell signs, we want you to bring that to the AC world. You know, you have this, you know, charisma. You had this, you know, go get them that you, you know, that's your brand. You know, no AC company in the world has a dude who has face stickers as their business card. And sure enough... <laughs> They let me. They let me print those with my new, you know, company logo and hand those out. And it's that's my brand. That's who I am. And they went, we need that at our company. And so, while I like branding for hiring, I think recruiting is so much more important. I do it with coaching. I don't let coach. I don't. I don't think I've ever hired one single coach that's come to me. I've searched every single one out because I go watch how you coach when you don't think you're being watched. Yeah. I want I want the coach that's being raw on the sideline. That's you know coaching the way she really truly coaches, and then I want to go to her and say, I want that on my sideline. I don't want the coach coming to me and giving me a bunch of bullshit answers about what they think I want. Yeah, what you tend to get, um, and it's interesting because I I feel like your experience, both of your experience, just in life is you have more uh, just experience recruiting. I've never I've only hired student interns. So I've never really had to think about going out and getting some something or somebody specifically for my company, but also really great points because then you hand select who is 
part of your team versus leaving it up to chance. And it's funny, I thought of my business coach while you were talking because something that she um, told me that we're, we're working through is basically me standing on my roof. Like, get off my roof is what she told me. She's like, you're really good at standing on your roof and yelling from your rooftop and saying, like, check out my awesome product and, like, I'm so badass, come, like, come work out with me. And she's like, you're, only your neighborhood can hear you, right? So same thing, like, only a certain perimeter of people could, could really see you. But if you get off your roof and you start exploring other neighborhoods, there's a lot more people that you'd be able to find. So I think, Sammy, I thought of you doing that. You'd be very proud. <laughs> so I think, no, that's a really good point. Um, I think that's a really, really good point. It's a great lesson. Ben, you got anything else? Um, that one is still rolling around in my head because I originally went full on uh, branding on that one. Ah. Um, and I, I I totally get your recruiting. You know, now that you've explained it more because I, I didn't get the full explanation when I was on. And, uh, and so I can see both sides again. Well, uh, an important piece to bring up too is that the branding pays, plays a huge part. But to me, it plays a huge part on the personal brand of the person being recruited, right? Like I've specifically gone out and found coaches that I want to be my assistant coach because their personal brand is so strong with their players that I'm talking to my, you know, some of my varsity players at my school and going, you know, Hey, who do you want to be coached by? Oh, I want to be coached by, you know, Taylor Leander. I had her as a club coach. She's amazing. And I get to hear from the players about her personal brand, you know, Oh, she's all about mindset. She's all about, you know, how what we do in the morning she's all about what we do after practices and hearing that personal brand from the players made me go out and recruit that coach That's a really, really interesting so it they, they do very much play into each other but for me the branding is on the on the person being recruited not on the company because i feel like google has a great business brand for an employee side i mean they've done a lot of work to build that. I mean, they, they built a fucking slide they did. in the lobby for their employees to use. Yeah. So like they've done all this crazy stuff, right? So how many people go apply there just because they think it's a fun place to work a lot of people. and that don't really give two fucks about building a better search engine? Well, they try to fit themselves into what that position is that they might be hiring for thinking that, well, I, I, I like the brand, but maybe they're not right for the position. What an interesting lessons I learned so I, I really wanted to work for Deloitte that was my dream and it was my dream because everybody else in the business school that was like a really prestigious company me and my roommate both went after Deloitte we ended up getting to final round interviews our senior year uh, got flown out to interview like super fancy I'm getting chills because it was I was so excited I remember like having all my eggs in this and then not getting the job and her and I were like sitting at our kitchen table we're both crying and we're like oh my god what are we gonna do and I don't know if she asked or if I asked, like, why did we decide to apply in the first place? And the answers we were giving were so shallow and so, like, there was no depth. And we walked away from that conversation being like, holy crap, okay, we never really thought this through. Exactly what you said is it's got, like, a pretty image and a nice name and kind of strokes your ego. And you're like, cool, like, they, that'll make me really feel good. Uh, if you're a college student listening to this, please try to go a level deeper and 
really think about what do you want from your day to day and how do you want to feel every day? Uh, what do you value? Does that company also value those things? Because I didn't really think about that. I was just like, oh, Deloitte, so pretty, so awesome, ah, fancy, good money, security, parents would be proud, check, check, check. But that's all I thought about. I didn't th think about if I was going to be challenged, if my ideas were going to be heard, if I'd have, you know, anyway. Yeah. Well, it's such a defining moment. I think some people don't have that defining moment. They sit there and they continue to feel terrible that they missed the goal. And don't stop to say, wait a second, why was I trying to reach that goal? Yeah. And until you have that uh, moment of reflection, um, I think uh, those thoughts follow you throughout your whole life. Oh, man, that's, you know, I missed out. I lost. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. And, and never stop to think, did it matter? Love it. So last two things. Yeah. First one, if there was a versus question that you could add to the list right now, what would it be? And it can be fun. It can be whatever you want. Yeah, I was I was like waiting for like the chocolate or vanilla. I said, don't put that. That's not my choice. I, told, I totally failed in my interview with this question. I just felt I, because the day before I heard what the question, you know, what the idea was of the show and I came up with three and then I sat down in the interview and I was asked that question, the same question. And I, I said, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see what I would come up with on the spot. Um, now I'm realizing that's way harder to do when you're sitting in the hot seat. Well, I feel better. <laughs> it's not just me. Um, it's a mean question, Taylor. It's such a mean it's a great question, though. So, because I mean, the whole premise of the entire show is always about raw, and so like, it's if there's something that you feel like you didn't get to say, like, what's the one thing that you wanted to talk about this morning that you didn't get to say, and what's a question that would create that answer? Uh, so two pop, two pop into my head, right? One of them is mental or physical fitness, like maybe which do you? Oh, which, like which? Yeah, home run. Physical. We talked about that, so it's not. I'm not basing that off that we didn't talk. We did talk about that. And then the other thing I, I thought about was, like, college slash not college. I don't know what the other side of that would be. Like, would you go to college or would you just enter the workforce? Or you could do corporate or entrepreneurship. That's another one. I like okay, it. Okay, now they're flowing. Now they're yeah, flowing. yeah, yeah there we go. Reframed. That helps me when you, when you reframe that a little bit. Because at first I was like, I might have to go back to I didn't get a reframe. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I just drowned. <laughs> and. You got asked back. That means you didn't do too bad. Yes, that's true. So the last thing, if there's one thing that you could leave everyone listening with, one thing that you feel is the most important to you, your success, what drives you every morning, what would it be? Every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. Everything you do in this moment does affect what happens in the future. And I encourage you to take a look at how you're currently living think about how you want to live and how the person you want to become and do everything in your power to build your habits to match that person in the future and know that everything you do now counts that's what I want to leave people with thank you James Clear <laughs> cited <laughs> no tagging but yeah uh, I think that that's my role uh, that is my mission is to get people 
to invest in them in their future selves today even if those investments don't come to fruition three years to come they will love it so this has been the most important with taylor wright and bennett latimer and danielle gertner (laughs) thank you so much for listening thank you